Hi, I'm Alan. And I'm Alexis. We had five kids in seven years. People think we're crazy, and sometimes we think they might be right. But most of the time, we love it. We hope this is a place where you can learn to be a better parent, but without taking yourself too seriously. Whether you're a new parent or have a few years under your belt, we hope you can find something new to think about. Or laugh about. After all, this is Parenting in Real Life. Hello, and welcome to episode 53 of Parenting in Real Life. To get started today, we wanted to talk about a real-life parenting moment, and recently we had our very first fish funeral. It's true. It was sad. (laughs) We've talked about Jimmy. He's made the podcast, so he's a big deal. He (laughs) was a family member. He's a beta fish that we bought in Wisconsin two and a half years (sighs) ago. Like I feel like that's pretty good for a beta fish. That's nuts. And he was a grown man when we bought him. (laughs) He's a grown man. So he's got to be like 59 in fish years. Easy. We knew it was coming. He was not doing very well. Um, We had our neighbors watch him for us while we were gone this summer. And I'm like, just so you know, he's going to act like he's dead every day. But he's not. (laughs) You just kind of floated there limply for months. So we knew eventually he was going to go. And finally it got worse. And we're like, okay, kids, this is going to happen. It's coming. Say your goodbyes. Yep. But they were they were fine with it. I think they were prepped for it and they were yeah. expecting him to die. So I think they were pretty excited about flushing a fish down the toilet. <laughs> I know. They're like, do we get to flush him down the toilet? Yes. Yes, we do. So we did. We all said one thing we loved about Jimmy and we flushed him down the toilet. <laughs> yeah. But for Cammy and for us, it was like the next day you saw his tank empty and he was sad. <laughs> I know. I was like, oh, I actually feel sad that he's gone. I mean, it's just a fish, you know, and. Cammy felt sad because she was the one who picked him out and she was the oldest, you know, so she remembered him the longest. But we did get a new fish. Yep, Bob. His name's Bob. <laughs> we name Fishwell. <laughs> I think his name is Blueberry Bob because the kids really wanted Blueberry and Bob. So his long name is Blueberry Bob. <laughs> So in our Instagram post about our last um, podcast that we did together, when we talked about when to allow your kids to quit, uh, I overall, I felt like we had pretty unanimous that people agreed and they said that when their kids start something that they make them finish it. There are some exceptions, like if there isn't a right fit or um, – like it's too stressful and thing, you know, just can't handle it right then. But for the most part, they said if they sign their kids up, they have to finish it. So I felt like overall that was good that we're all teaching our kids grit. Good on you, folks. It is hard. It's hard. I like to quit with my kids. <laughs> it's hard. I it's just I hate fighting my kids on stuff, and so I'm a pushover. I act tough. He's a people pleaser. I'm not a people pleaser. So I'm like, just do it. (laughs) And now for a quick message from our sponsor. So um, we talked about this a little bit last time we were both talking on the podcast. But last time we were talking, I mentioned the book, How to Talk to Little Kids so that they'll listen. And then there's like more to it. But anyway... We thought it would be good. Some of these chapters, at least these first few chapters, are so fundamental and so like kind of game-changing that we thought it'd be worthwhile to take a few weeks to talk about them. Um, so this first one, 
focuses on the whole book focuses on kids two to seven, but this first chapter is tools for handling emotions. And they're funny in the book. I really like the book, but they talk about how we know you want to just get to like discipline and how to fix your kids, but listen to us for one chapter. This is really good stuff. Um, If you do this, you'll actually solve a lot of the problems and you won't have to get to the other tactics. Um, So it's, I, and I, I agree. I've tried to be better at this since I listened to it a few weeks ago and, and I have felt like it does help. You still need the other chapters, but it does help. So this book is written by Joanna Faber and Julie King and Joanna Faber is the daughter of um, Adele, who wrote the original book, the How to Talk So Kids Will Listen and Listen So Kids Will Talk. So this one is just fo- focusing on small children. And since we mostly have small children, we thought this would be a good place to start. So to kind of start out what they talk about, we felt like this, like Alan said, this first chapter was super applicable and helps change things already. So they kind of give you a scenario of, let's say that you didn't sleep well the night before you don't feel that good. You have a headache and you see a coworker at the coffee shop on your way to work. And you say, Oh man, I just don't really feel like going to work. I don't feel well. I just want to go home and go back to bed. And then they give a couple of scenarios of how this coworker might respond in how, in ways that parents might respond to children. So I think it would be good if we we're going to tell you how, like in examples of, if the coworker responded like this and then how we respond to children in those same ways. And I think it makes more sense if you listen to both. So the first ones, so if the coworker said this to the person who wasn't feeling well, first is denying their feelings. They're like, Oh, you're fine. You know, stop complaining. It's, it's good. Just go to work or giving advice like, Oh, you know, you need this job. Why don't you go drink some tea and meditate before work? Or more philosophical, like, no job's perfect. That's just life, you know, like, get over it. Or maybe comparing you with others, like, well, look at her. She's always cheerful at work. Why not try to be more like her? (laughs) Uh, Or then, like, questioning, like, are you getting enough sleep? You know, what time did you go to bed? You know, those, those type of things. Now, I think if you can think about if people have responded to you in that way, like, how would you feel? Not great, right? You kind of, like... Right. I don't know. You kind of like want to defend yourself or like you kind of get angry about it or I don't know what your response would be. Yeah. It's amazing how I, I think that's what I had mentioned the other week. That's just a really effective test. If you're talking to your children like children, they're going to hate it because it's always condescending. So now think as much as like even hearing her say those things again, like I can just imagine me and those that I – work with bristling if you said stuff like that then think of how we talk to our kids we deny their feelings you don't really hate school you'll have fun once you get there or philosophical life just isn't fair you need to stop with the he gets more hers is better thing compare or comparing you with others look how she's waiting her turn questions like why did you throw sand when i just told you not to or just giving a lecture so that's not to say that we're evil parents because we do that. Cause we do. And sometimes there's even like, I think a good method behind that. But when you do it in that condescending way, kids know that too, right? They can tell that you're 
you're insulting them. <laughs> I think for me as a parent is I feel like I'm trying to, I'm trying to teach them. Right. And these are ways that I, I feel like, Oh, well I need to model like model, but in a way that I can talk to them about it or, you know, yeah, just take these teaching moments, but it's not good to teach this way, even though it feels, I don't know, to me, it feels like this is how you're supposed to do it. But then when they talk about it more, like what you should do instead, you're like, oh, I see how that makes sense. Right. Yeah. It's, it does feel like it's not yelling. Yeah. <laughs> right? I'm not yelling and trying to be nice. <laughs> Understand them. But right. I was or thinking, use questions, help them think about it. Like all of those things yeah. feel like the right thing. But I, and maybe it's just because it's emotional stuff. Um, like, I think the point of this first chapter is to recognize, like, a lot of the tantrums and, and fits that kids throw are just emotional. And so when you try and make it, like, when you say somebody, I'm exhausted, I don't want to go to work today, you're not, like, you're not asking for advice or counseling. Like, you just want somebody to be like, oh, I know, right? Like, that's all you want. And so I think that's kind of where, where this gets. I was just thinking of sometimes when I used this recently and just this morning, Jack pushed Lucy to the ground and the boys had already been fighting. So my patience was very <laughs> limited at that point. I just walked over to Jack. I'm like, why, why would you push her? Like, do you like it when people push you? <laughs> so why would you push her? Like all, you know, the questioning that we just talked about. And then of course he just responds like, well, she was bugging me. And then, so I would go on to kind of lecture him about why that doesn't matter and why he just can't push people. And then I remember the other day, I think Chloe said like she didn't want to go to school or something like that. And I told her, I was like, oh no, you like school. It's going to be fine once you get there. Don't worry about it. Let's just go. You know, like that was the right. denial one. So I've definitely used those examples of what not to do oh, all the time. <laughs> and I always considered it my like grade A toolbox because at least I wasn't spanking kids and yelling. Right. So the rest of the chapter goes on to how should we respond? So the first tool they give is to grit your teeth and resist the urge to immediately contradict them. So you've got to, you got to do that, right? Like you want to step in, be the parent, shut it down. You have to stop yourself first and then think about the emotion he or she is feeling and then name the emotion and put it in a sentence which all of it sounds, besides the first step, <laughs> all of it sounds really simple, um, but it does create a good conversation. So when a child says, I hate Jimmy, I'm never playing with him again, instead of saying, doing the denial thing and saying, oh, of course you will. Jimmy's your best friend. Don't say, we don't say hate. Try instead something like, boy, sounds like you're really angry with Jimmy right now. I think it's important to mention that you speak with emotion here, right? Like you can't, this can come across condescending too. If you do the sing songy voice, Oh, do you really hate Jimmy? You know, like you have to, you have to acknowledge their feeling. And they even talk about like, feel it, express it with them. Like, Oh man, that's frustrating. You know? And, um, by feeling that emotion, you, they can see like, yeah, I'm being validated right now. It's not just like you would with a coworker, right? If you said, Oh, are you so sleepy? Like that wouldn't help either. You have to be, you have to empathize with them. And I think that's the overall thing for this is, is just recognizing the emotion, right. And just trying to sympathize with them rather than trying to fix it is just saying, Hey, I see you. I see you're frustrated. The end, you know, and somehow that seems to fix things. 
we've had a couple of times and we'll talk about that soon, but of where we've been trying that. And it's amazing how it's like, that's all I had to do. (laughs) Let's just say it. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) But well, yeah, I guess we could talk about that now. I feel like Alan's been trying that a lot um, lately of just stating, you just state their emotion and put it in a sentence and then, and then see how they respond, you know? So it's especially effective with our stubborn kids. Yeah. Cause our stubborn kids, all of those other tactics just like drive them crazy and starts this fight. But like Alexis with Jack today, um, he was, it didn't solve all the problems cause he was still in a, <laughs> he was in a grumpy mood about all, any, everything. <laughs> mood, but, but at one point she's like, man, I can see you're really frustrated. Cause Lucy got that phone and she felt with him for a minute he was like, yeah. <laughs> like It's almost like they don't know how to handle it because they're so used to like being on the defensive. And so he was like, yeah. And he came and laid with Alexis for a few minutes and calmed down for a minute. Um, but it was just amazing how he just wanted the validation. He wanted somebody to acknowledge that that's not fair that that little girl has a phone and I don't get it, you know? Can you think of any other ones that you've done recently? Um, it works with Chloe, too. Again, she's really stubborn. And so... A lot of times she'll come from whatever, you know, like from a friend's house or come home from school or say, you know, talking about dance or whatever. And she doesn't want to do it. And she gets, you know, she comes up and, I don't, blah, 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 you know, throws a little fit. And if you just throw a fit with her and be like, yeah, that is frustrating. Going to dance is hard or whatever she says, you know, then the the fight's over. It's I think it's something I did all the time growing up when I'd have angry siblings, I would just agree with them. Mm -hmm. You know, in fact, I was a missionary for our church and a lot of people would yell at me um, because they don't want you on the porch. And I would just be like, yeah, no, I totally get it. And that like just saying, yeah, I totally get it. And meaning it like takes the wind out of their sails because they wanted to fight, but it takes two to tango. So if you aren't fighting, then they don't know who to fight with. And now they're just collaborating and it changes the whole tone. Yeah. Um, something else I really like about what she said is that really every situation is a new chance to try it the right way. And that even if you are, <laughs> you see that you're saying the wrong things, you can always just stop and say, you know what, let's start over and you can rephrase it the right way. Like, yeah. and you're going to get this chance 10 hundred times every day, right. <laughs> to, to, find out the right way to say it. So there's lots of times to practice. So if you do, if you mess up a lot, which we all do, it's totally fine. You can always go back and fix it or just keep trying. I like, I forgot that they say like some parents even have fun with it. And I think kids appreciate it is they like rewind. So they'll walk out of the room or like backwards out of the room or just rewind the situation. Like I laid into Jack earlier because he, just like out of nowhere slapped me. And so I was like, (laughs) and I didn't rewind, but that would have been the perfect time to be like, okay, let's go back. Slap me again. Slap me again. (laughs) Maybe not the slap part, but (laughs) let's start over. How should I have handled this? And you're at that point, you're demonstrating one that like you're learning and that it's okay to make mistakes and that you can change. So a lot of good there. So tool number one, I definitely think was the most powerful tool to use. And the rest of them are kind of shorter things that are just kind of like building with that. Yeah. Um, tool number 
tool number two is tool number two. Tool number two is acknowledge feelings in writing. So this one I kind of done before is like if your kids are asking for something at the store and they can't have it, so you can write down a wish list for your kids of what they want. So like me, I'll just say, okay, maybe we'll we can ask Santa for Christmas or maybe for your birthday. So I would say that to kind of like push it off. I've even taken pictures of the kids holding the toy. And so I'm like, okay, so we can remember. And I just snap a picture, you know, on my phone. I'm like, hey, it's on my phone. So remember. And that helps them be like, okay, like mom. It's real. Yeah, it's a real thing. Mom knows that I want this and maybe I'll get it sometime. But at least for right then while you're in the store, it helps them not be so angry about not getting what they want. Yeah, they even talked about like how you can like give them a piece of paper with the thing written on it. Even if. You know, like that paper doesn't have to be your list forever, um, but it gives them something physical so that they felt like something like actually changed, right? It helps them feel heard. The third tool is acknowledging feelings with art. Um, so this feels like something a school counselor would do, but <laughs> I, I think it it's for those times when your kids' mo- emotions are so big, like we probably should have done it with Jack today. Because just saying, I see you're angry and I feel angry with you, it wasn't enough. We should have done something else to say like, Jack, I can tell you're feeling really frustrated right now. Let's draw draw what you want, how you're feeling right now. And you know, I'm sure he would have torn a paper to shreds. But they said that's good. Like let him go crazy. Let him tear up the paper and say, Yeah, that's how I feel. And and then again, like show that you are with him. Don't try and fix it. Be like, Yeah, you're that angry. Um and so, again, fairly simple tool, but I think for bigger cases, you need more than just words. And so that's a way to really show that, like, I'm listening, I hear you, I see what you're going through, I get it. And I think it's a safe way to express emotion, right? They said instead yeah. of, like, lashing out with biting or hitting or something, this way they can draw it. And even if they're shredding the paper and stuff, it's like, that's not hurting anybody. You know, we can pick up some paper after. So... It's a, I think it's just a good way to help them start recognizing their emotions and handling it in a safe way. And more than anything with young kids, like you're teaching them, you're giving them a toolbox of things to do when they feel emotions. Um, Cause some kids are going to turn into doodlers that when they're stressed or when they're angry, they're going to do that. But for a parent, it's to help you not feel overwhelmed when you need to have a few things where you feel like I need something else. Cause that didn't work. And so it's, even though these other tools might seem simple or related, it gives you another thing to go to when you're feeling like, okay, I did it. Now what? Tool number four is give in fantasy what you cannot give in reality. So for example, um, if your kid is crying in the car because you didn't buy them candy from the store. So you can imagine together, wow, what would it be like if our car was made out of candy? And What would we eat first? And what would the wheel be made out of and, and stuff? And just getting them thinking about other things, imaginary things, helps them take their mind off that they didn't get what they wanted. Yeah. You know, so I think we've tried that a few times with our kids. And it just kind of, I don't know, helps them calm down a bit. Just get excited about something else. You're probably better at that than I am. I am not like... Imaginary things are not where I go first. <laughs> but you're better at imaginary I, stories and stuff. I can tell a wicked story, but <laughs> like, let's make the whole car out of candy. Like that, 
<laughs> is something I'm going to have to learn. Um, cause that's just, that's not intuitive for me, but I love it. I think it's great because kids do get lost in stories and imagination and stuff. And I think that you can go there with kids. Um, so I think it's a really fun tool. I just need like, I need a reminder, you know? Yeah. I think the hard thing for me too is like, it doesn't feel like it would work because as an adult, I remember that I didn't get that candy and I'm like, oh man, I still kind of want that, you know? But for some reason, kids, like if you just get them involved in these other things, somehow that's good enough and and then they're fine that they don't have what they wanted, you know? Right. I don't know why it's so different for the kids and adults, but. I don't either. But I think part of it may be that like they're, I think the truth of this is that some percentage of kids' tantrums and freakouts are just wanting to be heard and wanting control in their life and not actually wanting the thing. Yeah, that's true. And so you are giving them what they want when you do these things because they didn't really want the phone or really want the candy as much as they wanted you to give them some power, to give them some control. And so when you let them take over the conversation and when you go there mm -hmm. with them, then I think you're giving them what they like deep down wanted. Mm. That makes sense. And some percentage of the time it's not enough. And that's why there's the rest of the book, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> this is, this yeah. is not it. There, there are, there are things that aren't just emotional tantrums. They're like actual frustrations and problems that you're going to have to work through. And so we're going to talk about that next week. So in short, the, the moral of the story this week was feel the, your kids emotions. Don't, uh, condescend, don't mock them. Even if it feels like the right thing, don't um, don't try and teach in an emotional moment, right? They just need you to feel with them. So the first tool is stop contradicting them, think about the emotion, and then put it in a sentence and feel that emotion with them. You can do that in writing. You can write down things to help them feel like they're being acknowledged. You can help them act it out or do it with art. And you can also... Give them a fantasy um, of what they're talking about or what they want to help them feel like, I get it. I get it. This would be awesome. And just let's go to the nth degree of how awesome this could be if every, you know, if every wish could be fulfilled. And that's okay to go there in fantasy, even if you can't go there in reality. So really good book. I highly recommend it. We're going to keep on going over the chapters because they're really helpful for us. So we hope they're helpful for you. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Alexis, as always, thanks for your great research. And Alan, thanks for your amazing editing skills. You can follow us on Instagram at Alexis Tanner Lane or tweet us. I'm at Alan T. Tanner. And I'm at Alexis Tanner 1. Make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And give us a rating. That's how people find out about our podcast. And as always, a special thanks to our five kids for being kids. <laughs>